Hello everybody, and welcome to Fatting with Friends. Today guys, I'm very happy. You know why I'm happy? Because these two finally listened and finally watched something that I recommended. Isn't that a joy? So, I recommended Invincible to these guys, the newest hit Amazon Prime series, and guess what? They absolutely loved it! So, more of the story, listen more to me, watch what I tell you to watch. Take it away, boys. Yeah, so, finally, after being continuously and intensely lobbied by both Lawrence and Avilo, I eventually watched Invincible. In more than one sitting, I got to see it. I have a few things to say, mostly on the amount of violence in the show and the effects that that could have, and whether that justifies the, spoiler alert, goal of Omni-Man, which is revealed in the final episode. So I want to mostly dwell on that, but I'll allow the other guys to talk about what they want, and I might bring a little bit of faith-based philosophy into it as well. I mean, the first thing I want to start with is just Omni-Man. Perfect <laughs> casting as a voice actor, J.K. Simmons. I don't yeah. think I can think of anyone who would have fit what Omni-Man is voice-wise better than J.K. Simmons. It's literally just, do what you did in Whiplash, but <laughs> now and then only. And it's like, yeah, fits perfectly. This is exactly what I wanted. Joe hasn't uh, seen he, Whiplash, but go on. You go on. No, but like, <laughs> the audience will know. Joe's the uncultured one. Our audience are smart boys. Uh, J.K. Simmons nails the role. He's probably my favorite part of the show. Omni-Man's the most interesting part, both because he is, you know, he's the show. And I have read some of the comic just at the point where the show ends because I wanted to see the differences. Uh, the show tells you that he's the one who murdered the, uh, you know, Justice League version of this world immediately at the end of episode one. And it's the coolest, you know, little uh, change of, of theme, I guess, because the, the show setting itself up to be a very normal, like, you know, old Justice League that we all watched when we were younger type uh, of, of superhero show where it's there's there's hints of violence and like the, the over the top nature of it. But there's not a lot up until that final scene in episode one. And then that scene in episode one just shifts the entire show into what it actually is. And in the comic book, you don't know that it's Omni-Man who did that right away. They actually keep the person who did that hidden for a while. So I th personally think that it's way better the way it is done in the show. Because by knowing it's Omni-Man right away, you immediately start questioning every action he chooses to make for the rest of the series. And the things he says and the things he does have more significance as a result because you understand what he means when he says this is not your planet to conquer to the aliens whose planet he goes and just fucking wrecks. Yep. You know, yep. things like that land better when you know immediately, you know, who Omni-Man actually is and that he killed the Guardians. And yeah, I, I just feel like he was perfectly cast. He's written really well as a like super fucking bad, irredeemable villain, but still like... Yep. You love watching him. You love hearing him. You're just like, oh, keep going, bro. It's so entertaining. I love it. That's the, that's the thing. Like, the biggest strength of this show for me is also its biggest weakness in this regard. Now, I'm not cheating on the show. I love the show. But after that massive scene in episode one, I remember it was, like, all over Twitter, all over Instagram. Oh, look, check out this animated show with, like, this super violent superhero ripoff. Because you see that in episode one... Your mind is just entirely dominated by Omni-Man, which in a way allows you to not focus on the other characters as much. He dominates the entire narrative with that one scene. 
it's it's absolutely insane because like for the rest of like eight episodes you're like thinking okay this is all good stuff but omni-man though omni-man yeah, I, think, you know? I think that's great in this case because it does something that a lot of people who do the evil superman storyline try to go for this and i feel like one of the only times it's been done well before invincible well invincible i think which comic book came first the boys are invincible we'll find uh, that out later yeah but the boys manages to do this with Homelander very well, but because you know what Omni-Man can do from that first scene, at least a fraction of what he can actually do, yeah. you feel a tension any time Omni-Man is on scene, right? Like, yeah. anytime anyone's snooping around and it's like trying to be sneaky, sneaky around Omni-Man, you're like, oh man, you shouldn't be fucking doing that, Omni-Man, and kick your ass, you're gonna fucking die. So like, every <laughs> scene you're just like i know what he can do because of that you know change at the, the first episode so for the rest of it he is a credible and like real threat whenever he's around you're feeling it even when he's not around you know because he can be anywhere instantly more or less it's like oh this fucking omni-man could be around the corner you could die 100 percent. So, yeah no I, I like that i like that it sets him up as like a credible threat when, uh, when Mark's mom, you know, is, like, snooping Debbie, around yeah. their house, and, yeah, Debbie's snooping around and looking for shit and, like, finding stuff on Omni-Man, you know, his suit, his bloody suit, all that, you're just like, oh, Debbie, don't do it, don't do no, it, you're gonna die. No. Or the, the fucking demon detective, he was, like, the best. You mean like, Hellboy crossed with Rorschach? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, my guy was everywhere, and you're just like, no, please, you don't want to be into this, and then he absolutely just gets screwed by Cecil and the rest of them. But I love Cecil, too, though. Cecil's such an interesting character. We have to talk about Cecil a little. We shall, we shall. He is so odd. The fact that by the end he's throwing like every threat we've seen build up through the season against Omni-Man to try and screw him over and stop him is such an interesting change of dynamic. Yeah. That's another thing I love about the show. Like, and you all know I've mentioned, I've ranted on this podcast many times about long-term storytelling. And the fact that, again, every single thing you see... And, like, you're wondering, why is Cecil possibly collecting these? Like, because after every yeah, single defeat, yeah. he goes and sends that uh, Donald's, my guy Donald, R.I.P. Donald's. Uh, he, he, he collects everything and is just like, well, what do you need this for? Like, I guess science purposes. But then when he actually just sets them all on Omni-Man, you're like, ah, so they're yeah. an insurance policy all along. You're literally like, oh, so you were doing what the Batman version of the Guardian should have been doing this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, they called him Blackwing, didn't they? Blackwing. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Darkwing Duck, baby. Oh god, it was that scene. That scene is still fucking insane. But yeah, Omni oh, Man. I love it. I love it. Omni Man dominates everything. J.K. Simmons is amazing in everything he does. Uh, probably. One oh of my yeah, no. Like actors. I mean, you know, he's like anything he's in. Literally, he's one of my favorite parts of what he's in. Like in 100%. the Spider-Man films, he was in. Yeah, he's my favorite part. Anytime yeah. Jonah's on seat on the screen, you're like, oh my god, I love you. You're perfect. One hundred percent, man. And also in uh, Whiplash, which uh, we will do an episode oh. on. I suggested it to Joe that we do an episode on Whiplash and of the Whiplash we is like, yeah, to be continued for Whiplash because yeah. that's another thing that you have to like talk about. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, another thing I feel goes a bit underrated, like if I said because people focus so much on Omni Man is. The side characters are all really fun. Mm -hmm. At least for the most part. My favorites, and for for a very obvious reason that everyone <laughs> knows, I love the Molar twins. Run the jewels! Anytime, <laughs> anytime they're on screen, run the jewel song, start playing, and that's one of my favorite groups ever. And it's like 
this is so good. Anytime, like, don't get captured starts and they're breaking out of prison. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Who made this? Who picked the soundtrack? Was it me from a different land? What the fuck's going on? I do love the Mortals. They have a nice little dynamic where they go from, like, the sea villains to, like... Oh, yeah. And the... then they're, like, they're actually constantly around. They're yeah, doing stuff. Yeah. Stuff they do, like, matters. It's so interesting. And the whole robot Because they get, like, that scene at the start where it's them versus the Guardians to set yep. up the Guardians, right? And then... The Guardians fucking die, but the Mauler twins are still, like, doing their shit, bro. Yeah, man. And you see you see actually one of them die, and then he makes another one. Oh, yeah. That's like, my favorite scene, where it's like, if you weren't the clone, you should have known that's what I was going to do. It's like, oh, that's such a fucking... Right. <laughs> I wanted to propose a counter-argument to Omni-Man being the main character, and he is, to some extent, I think. But I also think Mark is obviously I love Mark. a main character too, right? Mm -hmm. In a way, watching Mark, watching the series from the point of view of Mark, gives you the sense that it's a buildings roman. It's a coming-of-age story for him. And mm -hmm. he doesn't know who his father is. He thinks he does. And based on the stories that he's being told, he's got this idea. So he tries to form an identity around who his father is. But he also tries to avoid that because he can't let everyone know who his father is, or who he is, up until a certain point. So that brings us to why Omni-Man didn't tell him the truth. And we find that out in the final episode, just after they've beaten this Lovecraftian horror monster that Cecil has thrown at them. And Omni-Man is like, okay, fine, I'll tell you the truth. And the truth is, Viltrumite ideology of survival of the fittest and conquest of every known matter and galaxy in the uni universe. Yeah, yeah they're, they're Nietzschean space Nazis. Like, exactly, absolutely. Yep, yeah, 100%. Omni-Man has been sent to Earth to not only make it weak and prepared for a Viltrumite invasion, but to make him docile as well. Yeah. So for him... Yeah, and to make sure no one else takes the planet except for them. Exactly. And they're known for never leaving their posts, right? Yeah. Omni-Man is perhaps the first Viltrumite that we know of who does leave his post, and he leaves his post because of the love that he feels for Mark. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like he has a moment where he's like, shit, maybe I shouldn't kill my son. And not yeah. just kill but... my son, he, he's just beaten Mark to a pulp, which thankfully gave us the meme, think Mark, think. Think Mark, think. think, Mark, think. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that he's used unbridled anger and rage to beat up his son because he's trying to nail it into him that, look, you're a Viltramite, you're not a human, you might be part human, but you're going to live for years to come, your mother's going to die, yeah, my Friends favorite line is, is literally, look at what they have to do to mimic a fraction <laughs> yes. of that. Which is also a meme. That's such a perfect line to yeah. set up exactly yeah. their ideology. Exactly. Like, if we are supermen, why the fuck would we care about... Look at that plane that I just flicked out. And, and we see how indestructible Omni-Man is when that laser is shot at him and he oh, just the, the does the orbital nothing. weapon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he just flies right into it and blows it the, up. I, that's another scene I really love because it's just like the orbital laser is about to fire and fucking Omni-Man looks up and goes, you wouldn't, Cecil. And then he fucking does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's such a good moment. That's such a memorable scene. So, Omni-Man... The way I see it was when I was watching him trying to teach Mark, you know, about his powers and about himself, you get that sense of, is Omni-Man jealous of his own son? But then you realize, no, it wasn't jealousy. It was worry. He was actually worried. Oh, yeah, because he sees, like, Mark be so soft compared to, like, what Viltrumites are meant to be. And he's probably thinking, like, even if I do, like, convince him, even if he comes back with me to Viltrum, are we just going to, like, am I going to get watch him get killed by exactly. other Viltrumites because he's such a bitch? And something that, um... Omni-Man says, Nolan, or Omni-Man, 
is when Mark asks him about his parents, he talks about his parents being dead. So that gives you the idea of, well, they didn't survive. Did Omni-Man kill them? Yeah. Did someone else kill them? And he feels no regret for that. He feels no grief for that. So that gives you the extent of Omni-Man's morality is he's focused, laser focused on his goal of invading, well, not invading, but assimilating Earth into the Viltrumite Empire, mm-hmm. right? And nothing else can get, his, get in the way, not even his own son. But eventually he does leave Earth. He leaves his post when he's not supposed to. And we'll come to that in a bit. I think I think the very powerful scene that often goes unnoticed is also in episode one, where he's talking with uh, his wife, and he says, "You know what? Maybe it's better that his powers don't awaken." Yeah, and yeah. that's that's where you kind of understand that he does not want Mark to awaken his powers because of all the complications that will arise. Well, yeah, because then Mark has to be convinced as well yep. to yes. join Rotom. If he, if he, never fa- gets if his he powers, didn't have his powers, exactly, he wouldn't yeah. be able to fight his dad. His dad wouldn't have to talk him. The whole mean, invasion, you know? the whole invasion of Earth, would be much easier because there will only yeah. be one Viltrumite. So yeah. that's incredibly poignant. And I also wanted to say how I love Mark purely, purely for the reason why I love all the other characters that I do. He gets the guts treatment in a way. He, Bro, he gets his shit kicked. Yes, yeah. he get, every single fight he goes into, he loses. And I love characters who do that because they have to overcome a learning curve. I have mm-hmm. I have grown to dislike characters that just go into a fight and win through the power of friendship or through training. They, <laughs> they can win through training, but like not off the bat. Yeah. And the fact yeah, it, Mark, needs, it needs to be earned. And yes. with Mark, it's like that's right. He's earned a win from getting like his shit kicked in for like an entire season. Yeah. He needs to win for something. next for next season. I'll be happy when Mark finally gets a win. But for now, every single fight he's in, every single villain he's faced, no matter how minor or how major, he's gotten his head kicked in, and obviously yep. culminating yeah. with the final fight against his father which and i mean that entire final episode it's like it's good, not good even a, it's not even a fight it's no just, it's it's, it's, it's literally like the the power differential between the two characters it's like if a if a shonen character from an anime took on like a fucking slice of life protagonist exactly <laughs> it's like shit bro it's just, just chill it's just insane and you know uh i think that final episode really showcases everything that this show is about i feel like uh this show portrays abuse incredibly well. I think that oh, yes. Omni Man is a yeah. Why did you make me do this? That is the yes, per- that was right. gonna go for that line. That's the that's a line that unfortunately a lot of people who do abuse go through because they obviously right. place blame on the victim. Why did you make me do this? And like the whole think Mark think like this is your fault. I am beating you and abusing you because yeah, this all is you your have fault. to do is just agree with me and then yes. I'll stop beating you. It's just it's not just the beating, right? He uses Mark as a shield to literally mince people on the subway and probably traumatizes oh, that kid for the rest of his life. That was a painful scene. That scene is not in the comic book. That scene is show only. Wow. Yeah. I did get that far. And that's like an interesting addition. I think the reason they did that, right, the way I, I thought about it since uh, also reading up to that point in the comic is by showing Omni-Man do what he did to the Guardians in the way more visceral detail they had to, they had to one-up the way he shows Uh, violence to Mark. Mm -hmm. And that scene is the one-upping. You wouldn't be as a viewer as like, you know, wowed by that moment if you've already seen how he fucking pwned the Guardians in that first episode. So let's talk about violence real quick. Two comparisons. Mark being convinced by the Titan to go help him 
and beat up that crime boss. I fucking love Titan. That's another great side oh, character. He's going to be Hell so yeah. good in season two. Hell yeah. And just generally Omni-Man's violent approach as a solution to every problem. Yeah. Thing is though, right? Like for Omni-Man, that works. He's strong enough that violence is a solution. He literally wins. He was raised on it. By the end of season one, if he didn't leave by choice, Earth fucking lost. Right. Like, it's over, guys. Mark's fucked. Cecil used every super weapon. It's over. Yep, 100%. But with Mark, he only uses violence when he absolutely needs to. As in, when his rival, when his opponent is so overpowered or compared to the normal person that nobody else can stand up to them or defend I mean, we see him in the first episode being incapable of standing in front of the alien invasion. Oh, and just being shit at judging his own powers. Like, he accidentally right. kills multiple people because he doesn't understand he does, that he's got, he like, fucking know. superpower. 100%, right. yeah. I mean, think of think of the first scene where he, like, discovers his power. He throws, like, a trash bin into the fucking orbit. Like, <laughs> and that's by accident. So he doesn't innately want to use violence. He only wants to use it to help people, right? Yeah. So. He becomes the hero that they need, even though we don't get to choose who our heroes are. And people, everyone up until this point thinks Omni-Man is the be-all and end-all after, after the Guardians are killed by him. Yeah. But, you know, violence is this presentation designed in media anyway to appeal to base human instinct, right? Because it's against the dignity of the other. And I think what it also does, especially for Omni-Man, is it creates disdain for the other. So he, st- he starts to not hate, but just despise humanity. You know, when they're in Italy with his wife... And there's some sort of attack, and it's like I'm on I'm on holiday. Let Cecil earn his pay. Yeah, <laughs> you can really see that if he wasn't on a mission on Earth, he wouldn't want to be there at that moment. Yep. No. No. Exactly. The truth. I mean, I think also it, it, Omni Man's interesting because you can tell that he's fucking bored of doing this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he he is so tired. Everything he deals with in the show is like. For him, nothing. Yeah. It's it's the easiest thing in the world. The way you see him like decimate that alien planet and then come back home by dinner and be like, yeah, you know. Can we right. can we talk about one of the most derogatory lines he says? Yo, you what, see, your mom's like you a see, dog. Your mother's like a pet to me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, just just. I show. mean, it's it's fucked up, but it's also like it's still better than him saying she's worth nothing to him. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, one hundred. Because it's like if he had said that, I didn't even fucking consider that. Like, I would have just killed her. It's, no, that'd be worse. Because it shows that even to someone who's as like far gone and like brainwashed and fucking above humanity as him, even he's like. I don't want to kill your mom or you. Yeah. I still care about you fucking idiots. It's just, I've been taught that you're <sighs> below me, so what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and the thing is, right, the reason why I offered this ep- this show and this episode for the podcast, I wanted to ask you guys a following question. Like, you, you obviously mentioned the boys and you obviously mentioned everything else. I was mo- mm-hmm. I was most concerned with why have we, as a society, kind of shifted our focus towards characters like Omni-Man, Homelander, even Superman in some adaptations of the DC comics, why have we turned these figures of perfection, of ultimate power, of moral righteousness, these messiahs, if I'm allowed to use that word, into just horrible, tyrannical scumbags? I've had an answer for this for years. It's because perfection is inherently inhuman. And to have someone who's perfect, you cannot apply the same systems to them because they wouldn't care because they are already beyond that. We apply morality and other shit to ourselves in a 
in a like journey to try and be closer to what we deem as perfect. That's why we have rules, morality, laws, etc. We're aiming for like a standard of perfection in society and as human beings. If you're someone who's so far beyond humans that you're literally invincible, as the title of the fucking show, then you probably just wouldn't care anymore because nothing would hold significance for you you would already have been able to meet every standard other people spend their entire lifetimes aiming to get to and once you get there what's left to do but isn't that why superman is a hero because no. he's per- no because he is perfect and because he has all this power he still chooses to do the morally right thing yeah, but the reality is no one would. I know, I know, but it's not about reality. That's it's why p- we find it fascinating, Milo, because, yeah, we know why Superman's a hero. It's 60 years of that. When did Superman come out? It was like World War II-ish Superman yeah. comics were already out there. So, like, for 40-plus years, as the world around them got worse and more cynical, people were like, look, it's the perfect symbol of justice and goodness. And now it's like... Fuck off. I know what I'd do if you gave me that level of power. I sure as fuck wouldn't be saving people. Well, no, but we have to maintain that, right? You have to maintain that that hope that, you know, there is hope. No, Ivalo, we have to subvert expectations. Yeah, but you've done it one too many <laughs> times. Um, if, if, it, if they weren't... If they weren't done as good as Omni-Man and Homelander, I would be sick of tyrannical Supermans. I genuinely would be. I'm sick of tyrannical Supermans now. Like, look at fucking, look at Zack Snyder's Superman. He was a, he's a fucking broody. Yeah, but that's because Zack Snyder doesn't know how to write. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> wow. If written well, any trope, no matter how overdone, can still be done well. It just requires someone with talent. Yeah. I think when we mentioned earlier that we don't choose our saviors or heroes, it sort of plays into that because... You're given this character, and you're meant to think that he is the hero of the story, but it turns out to actually be the villain, right? So yeah. number one, it's subverting expectations, and number two, there's a profit motive, because that sells a lot more than Superman. It sells a lot more than Jesus coming to save you, even though that's, <laughs> in my belief anyway, the truth, right? People don't want to sit down and watch for entertainment some guy who's kind and good and you know, righteous coming yeah, to be the hero. Yeah, it's why a lot hero. of people find Superman boring. Because it's like... Exactly. I, what am I going to expect? He's going to save the day. He's never going to feel morally uh, conflicted. Because, of course, he knows what's right. Because fucking Martha and, you know, fucking Daddy Kent taught him well. But that's the thing. He's a, hu- he's a human at heart. He's raised by humans to do the right thing. That's the difference. Yeah. But, like, again, he's raised by humans. There you go. It's because he's raised by people who do fall within the non-perfect being with standards and morals and systems and shit that he ends up the way he does. If someone like Homelander, who didn't have parents and was grown in a lab, had those powers, he'd end up like Homelander. Mm, I, I disagree. I don't think so. I think that's the appeal of Superman. I think having all that power and still maintaining your humanity is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but you're also a weirdo. If if I gave you power, you'd say you use it for good. I'm telling you right now, I would nuke this planet if you gave me Superman powers. I don't think you, I don't think you would. I would throw this ball into the sun just to see what happens. Ivalo, I think he's onto something because. When I was watching El Camino oh, recently, film. <laughs> the uh, the movie with uh, what's his name again, Jesse Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman. According to Viola, the unnecessary uh, movie sequel to Bitch! one of the greatest shows in in Hollywood, which is also filled it's with Hollywood. violence. Right? It's disgusting. But anyways, go on. As soon as the workmen who raid Todd's apartment get hold of that money, what do they do? The first things they buy are drugs and women. Hell yeah! Right. I mean. So if you give anyone power, if you give anyone wealth, 
If you give them power, they go straight for violence. If you give them money... Well, that's why Superman is unique. I don't want realism in every single thing I read. Well, everyone else does, though. <laughs> I agree with that, because we need some idealism in order to reform ourselves, in order to guide ourselves towards that idealism, right? Yeah. But the current trend in media has been towards the opposite, has been towards glorifying the, the villains because, A, it's a lot easier and a lot more fun for the writers, even though it's not morally correct, and it sells a lot more, right? I mean, also, I'm going to bring this up. I don't give a shit about morals in my fucking fiction. Keep them out. I don't care. Right, but what it does what it does on a subconscious level is that bit by bit it chips away at your morality, right? I mean, it doesn't because I have no morality. Oh my. my life. Well, you might be a, a special case in that regard, but for the general audience, right, it chips away at the morality and it makes it more commonplace, you know, especially sadistic violence that we see in, in, in Invincible. So once it becomes commonplace and you see it as normal... Haven't we had this discussion with Django? We did have this discussion with Inglourious Bosses, right? And I came out on the side of, you know, violence can be sometimes cathartic. But we also talked about how violence can be detrimental. And it still remains detrimental, no matter how much we see it in, in media. And even though we stand on the side of we're not as impressionable as perhaps some members of the audience where we'll see something and it will affect us profoundly... That's not the same for everybody else, especially young children. And we're talking I about mean, an animation. On average, it is the same because enough studies exist now that claim and show with evidence that media and games don't make you more Exactly. Violent. All I'm saying, I love the subversions of the messianic hero into a villain. I love those. But I also don't want the original idea of having all this power and doing the right thing to be completely erased and forgotten. Because we also need that too as a society, in my opinion. I mean, you have that character, though. You have Mark. Right. Yeah, but then he gets absolutely destroyed. That's that's the thing. Yeah, like, which is how it would usually go. Yeah, exactly, but I hope that... What happens to good people in real life if I don't usually get assassinated? That's the thing. I hope that when the story progresses, after everything Mark has just gone through, and every, every loss he's taken, every damage he's suffered, that he will eventually overcome even his own father, and show that righteousness and being invincible in spirit is the right way to go right right thank you yes so what you need what you need really is both the thesis and the antithesis so you've got mark and his father right mm -hmm. without that you can't have a synthesis structurally in the story right yeah and i think i like the i like what you mentioned there about being invincible in spirit because the idea is that young people usually think that they're invincible, especially physically. And it turns yeah. out that Mark isn't really. I mean, if it wasn't a Viltrumite, he would have been dead. I mean, he would have been dead even as a fucking Viltrumite. Beastman almost whacks him. Yeah. Right. Soaring COVID cases in the UK amongst the young population. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Very topical. <laughs> We're not invincible. We're not invincible, boys. Oh, so that's, that's another thing I want to see. I like that the title card gets bloodier and bloodier. Oh, yeah, like as he gets more fucked. <laughs> as he gets more destroyed. But yeah. I, I want to know what the fuck they're going to do in season two with the title card. Is it going to, like, reverse? <laughs> just throw intestines at it, you know? <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> no, dude, you just can't read it anymore. It's just like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, someone has to come on screen, like, Cecil comes on and cleans it with a rag. <laughs> at the end, it's just, like, just a red screen in general no less just fucking blood what i want to say from my point of view is that although invincible is not a show that i would usually watch it's a great character study it is so for that reason i'll continue to watch it not because i'm intrigued by the violence or i want to see what omni-man gets up to i have enough of, of an imagination to at least guess what he's going to get up to right but in order to see how far the showrunners are willing to go 
and how gruesome they're willing to get and how much the audience will be accepting of it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the boys. We know the audience is very accepting. <laughs> mm. no and that's, that's the thing. I feel like that with animation, you can get away with a lot more. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not nearly as disturbed by this show as I am by the boys. Like, yeah, because the boys is like, yeah. goddamn, the gore in that show is like high fucking fidelity. It is, it is insane. Anytime uh, fucking Homelander does anything, you're like, ooh, that looked fucking nice. Nah, it's the, it's, yeah. the se- it's the season two vision where he lasers the entire audience. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, from like a bird of uh, a bird's, eye, bird's eye point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Can we all talk about how fucking certain characters were really trash, though? Oh yeah, go Can for it. Can we all mention how Amber is fucking trash? <laughs> now, for people who go to the whole, oh, they changed her from the... I don't care that they changed her from the comics. I saw the show first. She's trash in both. I don't like her in either. But I think she's worse in the show because of the one change, which is, I knew you were fucking invincible and I still said all this dumb shit. It's just, I'm just like, man, fucking leave, Mark. Fly out the fucking window. Find someone nice. The funny thing I, about Amber is that she's a foil to Eve, right? And we're all supposed to like Eve, and I kind of do. I like Eve a lot more mm. than Amber. Um, but then we see Amber kissing Mark uh, at the end of the show, so it's like, oh, everything's fine, even though we broke up. And I'm like, okay. That was the most annoying thing to me. The fact he's just like, oh yeah, great. Like, motherfucker, do you remember why she broke up with you? The only good, <laughs> the only good Amber episode was the episode on campus where that one uh that one friend of hers just lost his loved one as well that was when he got turned into like a mindless monster oh yeah that was the only good amber episode i really don't like i mean it's 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 honestly i didn't even like that one because that's where by the end she's all like you ran away mark you abandoned us even though an episode later she's like i knew you were invincible (laughs) what are you fucking talking about then bitch yeah she's very inconsistent and i do prefer atom eve over her but you know i don't prefer I wish they'd stop fucking shoehorning romances. No, bro, you have to have a shit. Leave (laughs) my man to be a G. Yes. Nah, bro, just because because you lost. What did we all... Go on, go on. What did we all think about Robot? That's one character I think deserves a bit of talking. Very interesting. I thought of him as a little finger in a metal flesh turned real. Because that's literally what he is. It's very creepy. Did anyone else legitimately get kind of sad when he has to off his, like, original? I kind of did, yeah. Yeah. Like, even the Mahler twins in the background are like, yo, this is why we, we don't clone ourselves with, like, a knowledge of which one's the new and the real one, because yeah. it's like, this is sad. Sad Ronda Jules plays, you know? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just melancholic Ronda Jules. But, nah, man, I love the robot sub I feel like he's a great character. Robot's great. Uh, I really yeah. like the I way wanna, they play them in. I want to see more of him, and, you know, the, the fact he becomes, like, a younger version of that, of, of Rexplosion, or Rexplode, or whatever that fucking... <laughs> which is also <laughs> creepy. Rex is such a dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy, bro. Like, oh yeah, definitely fuck him for both yeah. cheating on Eve and just being generally a dick. My man had a th- oh god. You see, my man had a threesome with duplicates. That that's just that's <laughs> that's. I mean, hey, if you've got the power duplicate has, then that is absolutely one of the main uses. But, you know. <laughs> we move, anyways. Disgusting. Move. I love it. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a few other characters that I think get like no screen time whatsoever. Uh, the immortal comes back just to like oh die yeah again, <laughs> just to get like destroyed instantly which is so funny to me because he like he puts up a little bit of a fight and then mark's just watching and then fucking omni-man pones him again and he's like oh sick can i say seth rogan's voice is perfect for the for the immortal dude uh yeah does he do the immortal doesn't he do like uh the 
alien. Oh, sorry, Alan my bad. The alien. Alan the alien. That's it. He that's does it. Alan, yeah. I fucking loved Alan. He just comes in. He's like, yo, yo, I'll give you a time out. You look like you're winning. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, this is this is not Earth. It's Earth. <laughs> this is Earth. <laughs> I want to oh, see more, more of Alan the alien. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we fucking will. The yeah. implication by the end is like, yeah. oh, we're kind of going to need him. Because... Yeah, Filter might be coming, baby. Yeah, and it's uh, also the fact that Immortal was Abraham Lincoln for some bizarre Bro, reason. Bro, that is so hilarious. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the fact that you like the fact that they don't even tiptoe around the fact that he's fucking honest Abe is so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that like cracked me the fuck up. I love Invincible. Invincible is a good show with some deep morals, some good character studies, and a bit of comedy and some amazing violence. Obviously, if you haven't I watched it by like now, I feel like it has it has space it. to get. It has space to get so much better it if will. they like it continue will. down the the right routes, and I feel like I really do want to see how they do the second season because I assume a lot of the audience wants to know what the fuck's happening with Omni Man as well. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're gonna do like every now and then we see what Omni Man's up to far far away, and then we cut back to like on Earth with Invincible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that, and I think the way I envisioned the second season, just after finishing the show, was we're going to see a lot of Mark, obviously, and a bit of Omni-Man, and I thought that it would be good if they ended up the show with Omni-Man coming back to Earth in the final episode, just literally at the end of it, and Mark has gone through a lot of shit, and now he realizes he kind of probably needs his dad for whatever they're going to go through. We'll leave that for another time. I mean, time. I literally have zero faith in Mark fighting off the Viltrumite Empire. I oh, think yeah. <laughs> I think the only reason, like, fucking Omni-Man is alive narratively is because he will be needed to help. Yeah. Mm, yeah, most likely. But, you know, we can only guess at this point. You can read the comic like, if you we want. Saw, yeah. We saw how Mark yeah. handled his dad. Imagine 50s of his dad. <laughs> no, fucking. No. You know the Joker getting beat up at the start of the film by those kids fucking meme? That's Mark. <laughs> The, the fucking Passione gang in Jojo beating up that dude <laughs> fucking the wine. Bad Jojo's drinking the wine and jumping straight. Yeah. <laughs> That's what would happen tomorrow. But yeah. Wonderful show. If you haven't seen it so far, obviously, what are you doing watching this episode? Go go watch it. Right. And Yeah, yeah even with like what we've said, it's still worth watching. Even if you know what happens from memes, it's still worth watching. 100%. Why don't you guys give us a like and a subscribe and a follow so that we'll hopefully be able to cover the second season of Invincible. Oh yeah. That's that's going to be amazing if if we're still here. I'm joking, of course we're going to be still here. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys are looking for some amazing music reviews, check me out at iVinyls. I review my vinyl collection with a friend and we go through albums together. Link in the description. And link in the description and uh please like, subscribe, uh, spread us to everyone far and wide. Spread us spread us all the way to the Voltron Empire. If we have <laughs> if yeah. we get any listeners of the Voltron Empire, we will be very happy and pleased. And yeah, uh, give us to your cousin Randy. And yeah, this is this has been Fatting with Friends. I'm I'm your boy Avilo, joined by my two cohorts as always. So yeah, this is Lawrence signing off. Please do support us, as Avilo said, because goddamn it, we need the support, man. We're dying out here. <laughs> we do, we do. But yeah. And I've been Joe. And don't forget to go and support us on Patreon. That's the best place you can support us. See you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.